don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, we take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. I'm Carrie Poppy, and we are back to talk about 2020, the year that certainly was. What a year. I know what you're thinking. Wait a second, weren't they talking about Bob Larson? Wasn't Carrie about to give her book review about Satanism? Well, yes, all that is still coming, but... It's become a tradition for us every year since we interact with so many prognosticators, fortune tellers, soothsayers, if you will, to get some predictions every year to see what the next year is going to look like and then to see how they did at the end of the year. Yeah. So we find ourselves at the end of one year and ushering in a new year that we hope is going to be a lot better. <laughs> so uh, so don't worry. We'll come back to Satanism, but we've got a few fun things in between for for a few weeks so stick with us <laughs> don't worry we'll come back to satanism and gosh happy 2021 everybody yes i'm glad you made it through i hope you're okay we're gonna get through this together <laughs> yeah. it's been it's been a wild year which leads one to ask did did anybody see that coming did we know it was going to be such a crazy year right yes and i did follow some people on twitter who saw it coming they were all immunologists <laughs> i have to admit at the beginning of all this i followed a number of immunologists who don't have big public profiles and they were all saying like no it's really bad it's really bad this is going to be really bad and no wow. one's paying enough attention to it here. And I got to admit, like, even then I was like, OK, OK, I guess it's going to be really bad. And I was still affected by the sort of blaseness around me. Yeah. I have a, a good friend, not you, but a, another friend who's like very scientifically literate who said something to me like, oh, I just I feel like this is a good moment for science communicators to step up and calm people down a little you know they're acting like this is going to be the spanish flu mm -hmm. and i was like oh okay okay even just that was enough to be like i thought it was kind of that bad but okay okay this person i respect is saying this thing that's got a totally different tonality to it okay you know and um and that that really affected me i keep thinking about how that one moment uh, with a good friend mm -hmm. kind of tempered Interesting. all of this good information yeah. from experts. So anyway. And at the same time, those expert voices, those are just one part of a total picture of other voices. And yep. panicking often doesn't really add anything anyway. So you just try to mm -hmm. kind of wait for things to come and you sort of trust all the institutions that we have and the checks and balances to keep these things. And boy, that worked out. Crack track. <laughs> yeah, just happened to collide with sort of a political landscape where we're systematically dismantling all of our institutions and gutting them. So good times. Great year. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, if, Especially if, in Los Angeles. Indeed. So you may remember, if you listen to it back at the beginning of 2020, we sat down with the gentleman psychic, a very dapper gentleman, just a great character, really interesting person. And he read our cards for 2020. If you haven't heard that episode, you might want to go back and listen to it. Uh, we both came away really liking him. Yeah, he's great. And also, if you're listening to this far in the future and you can't remember exactly what the deal was with 2020, what we're referencing here is the COVID-19 crisis, the pandemic that, that really gutted society for 
a minute there. Hopefully, <laughs> I hope it's over by the time you're listening to this. And also the American election or the U.S. election, rather, that hopefully it will remove Trump from office. He certainly lost. Yeah, so, he um, lost whether he realizes it <laughs> or not, which maybe throws a wrench into some of the things we'll be saying. But yeah. I, I feel 2020 was enough of a like throwing the train off the tracks that everyone will remember that number in that year for a long time. But uh, just in case, good thing you added the context there. So what did the gentleman psychic get right and wrong? So he gave readings to both of us and, and kind of at the same time, he did me and then you, but we were all in the same room. Mm-hmm. And it was mostly focused on our personal lives, but also some broader picture cultural stuff. So I went first. So I'll, uh, I went I went back through and I'll tell you what I thought was a hit and what was a miss. You went first while I drank lots of tea with honey. <laughs> yes. One thing you may recall about the gentleman psychic is that if you are getting a reading from him and you run out of tea, he is on it. <laughs> Which is a bad um, combination with me who if I have a drink in front of me I'll just keep working at it I won't oh, let okay. it sit so uh yeah it was this eternal loop of oh oh are you out of tea let me go get you some more yeah yeah he would immediately <laughs> jump up so I went back through and I gave everything a zero one or two so zero meant no hit at all almost want to dock you for it um one meant oh, okay sure I'm going to throw you a bone because mm-hmm. I like you, gentlemen, psychic. And then two is like a strong hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely accurate and seems to like particularly be true this year. Yeah. Standing out from other years. Okay. Good metric. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So first he said, this year I'd be going through painful changes. Now, I could really stretch this and say we all were as mm-hmm. a society. But no, this was particular to me and I this doesn't feel particularly true. So zero. Okay. He said I would be exiting my comfort zone. I feel like I was very much stuck in my comfort zone, locked into it, if you will, for a year. Hmm, interesting. But in another sense, that's true. It's true in that, like, one of my coping mechanisms is, like, if I get really sort of antsy, okay, just, like, change a pace, change a scenery, get out of there, or do something different, and mm-hmm. I did not have that opportunity here. So in that sense, it was true. So I gave it a one. Okay. Yeah, and that's one of those statements where... You look at any given year, and I think you can point to broader trends of having to deal with your comfort. Like, who goes a year without ever having to challenge any (laughs) aspect of their comfort zone? Yeah, totally. Maybe, like, Jeff Bezos or something. (laughs) Um, Then, uh, opening a door. He said this year would be opening a door. I did open doors. uh, (laughs) Not a lot. Uh, yeah, not as much fact, as usual, you know, probably. Inside more than usual. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I give that one a zero. <laughs> uh, he said I need to take care of myself, and I thought, okay, fair enough. This year, I can say I had to take better care of myself than other years. Had okay. to really look out for sort of personal safety, personal health, wear a mask, blah blah blah. Now, did you look out for yourself because he said you would? Is this a self fulfilling prophecy? <laughs> Yeah, I was at first I was like, I don't know, Lori Spagna is saying not to wear a mask, but I'm going to follow the gentleman psychic. He said to take care of myself, so I will. Wouldn't that be terrible if we were so affected by all these investigations that we had kind of these little mental representations of Lori Spagna and Richard Lale Lillard that we have to play off in our heads? Who should I follow? (laughs) Yeah, I'm getting that mental image of the uh, the devil on one side and the angel on the other side right, of your shoulder. Right, but, but we've got dozens of them, including LRH and Sir George King. 
and Melissa Scott. What are they all saying? Yeah, I'm glad that's not the case. So then I got the death card. Now, in the moment, of course, he's going, now, this is probably not literal. It could be, but it's very unlikely. Uh, This is usually just means something is stopping or coming to a transition. Not necessarily actual death. Right. Now, this is the one year when he he could have been like, oh, no, this is literal death. Yeah. No, this isn't going to be a deadly year. And I'd be like, whoa, hot ticket. Good job. Yeah. If he hadn't backed off of it. Uh, he could have laid claim to a really strong prediction. Oh, this is the year of death. There's going to be excess deaths in the hundreds of thousands. Then that would have been amazing. That would that would be a beyond a two. Yeah, yeah, totally. But he really tempered it, which was wise in the moment. Sure, <laughs> yeah. But that's not supposed to be the province of the psychic, right? at least not right. solely. It's so funny because the death card always it's the most impactful card it's the one that gets the biggest reaction and every time we see it that sparks a whole dialogue about how well this doesn't mean necessarily literal death uh, which just leads me to think that they need to modify the cards to say not actual death (laughs) it's like in parentheses (laughs) right not actual yeah and also then that would at least make them commit because i feel like this way he can still take credit right if it's actual death. Or even not necessarily. Right, exactly. That's yeah, yeah. That's the that's the wiggle room they give themselves. But anyway, I gave this a one. I was being charitable. <laughs> but I, I would say that it was a transitionary time, sure. My life felt very different from my life the previous year. So gotta give it a one. Okay. The next thing he told me was that my vision board was going to be very important. He was very glad that I had done a vision board already (laughs) for 2020. I had done it at my friend Kate's New Year's party. So I wrote down everything that was on my vision board for 2020. Now, at the time, I had just been at my friend's party. I had thought, oh, sure, this is fun. I'm going to randomly clip things out of magazines and paste it on there because what's a vision board for? It's, you know, just fun silliness he he asked you right if you had a vision board and you just happened to have made kind of a joking vision board recently yeah i I had just made one like a day or two before so it's like yeah actually i don't usually and this year i did and he said oh that's great because that's going to be very important okay so here's what was on it (laughs) okay dr oz Mm -hmm. newt gingrich a giraffe revenge the word revenge tacos Oxygen chambers, UFOs, disclosure, clear skin, plant-powered, Skype readings, moderate to severe painful intercourse, law of attraction, gas, bloating, and stomach pain, and opiate addiction. And would you say that was all very relevant? Is revenge <laughs> and Newt Gingrich best served Dr. Oz? Um, no. He, okay, the only things that even stand out are tacos. <laughs> I mean, I like tacos, so eat those. Like every plant Tuesday. Plant-powered. Yeah. Almost. Uh, plant-powered, because, you know, vegan food is plant-powered. Mm-hmm. Skype sticks out as like, okay, we used a lot of Skype and Zoom this year. How are you doing on gas? Um, <laughs> gas, you should ask Drew. He makes fun of my gas a lot. So high, but typically high. Um, <laughs> and then, oh, the only the only thing that I was like, okay. A hit is clear skin because I really upped my skin routine because I was stuck inside and I could. So my skin's oh just looking great, listeners. Chef's kiss. Okay, trust me. I I may need to get some 
skin tips from you. My skin is being awful right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I got all the stuff. But yeah, all things considered, that's a zero. <laughs> Okay. Um, <laughs> Not the vision board he was envisioning. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. But thank God, no opiate addiction or moderates painful in- intercourse in my life. Yeah. Um, okay. Next thing was that this year I'd be experiencing possibility. Nope. <laughs> it's feeling like the opposite of that. Yeah. Then he just said something general about my personality and work. He said, I'm a unifier. I like to help people get along together. People who think they have differences find common grounds. I felt like, Okay, that's that's a that's a good hit for what I go for with my work at least. Okay, so give that a two. Uh, then I got the baby card. The baby card. Okay, yeah, I think we all know the likelihood of Carrie having a baby very low. Low, possible, but low. He said, "No, it's probably not literal. Um, could just be like a project, a project you need to let grow. Might be a painful growth, but you know, let it come." Eh, fair enough. W- one. <laughs> See, I didn't give this one a number okay. in the moment. But By the way, I should clarify from our previous episode about the gentleman psychic. We were talking about tarot cards in that episode, though I think this particular deck uh, is probably best known as oracle cards. And specifically, these Victorian illustrations were part of the... I had to look this up afterwards, and I'm sorry in advance. It's called the, the Gypsy Oracle, if you're looking for those cards. And uh, I, I know that's a fraught term, but you encounter it a lot in magic with a K and and magic without a K and <laughs> psychic stuff and art yeah, and yeah. music. So just know it's not a slight upon the Romani people. Uh, but, but I had a tab. This is how I work. I open tabs when I want to learn about something in my browser and I have hundreds and it's terrible. So sometimes I'll spend whole evenings just trying to clear tabs. <laughs> Anyways, I realized I had a tab still open in my browser from... January from this reading with meanings of those oracle cards. And so I finally read through that as I was prepping for this episode and ordered my own copy of the deck because they are really fun illustrations. Oh, nice. But it's it's not all the nice. typical, you know, fools and wands and that kind of stuff. It's all of the things that we'll be talking about, the the servant, the baby, the death and all of that. So when you're at a bar and you hear that someone's tab is due, you're like... Oh, oh then I get really nervous. Oh, no, my tabs are due. I have so many tabs. <laughs> I'm Norm over here. Okay, then my next piece of advice was to beware of gifts this year because they come with strings. That means nothing to me, zero. I wish I'd remembered that because I would have actually included strings in all the gifts I'd given you. (laughs) Totally forgot. I mean, I will say this. You gave me my Christmas present on time. Yours still isn't here yet. So I do feel Mm. the obligation. (laughs) Where's your present? But I would have gotten it for you anyway. Um, Okay, then the next piece of advice was to fight my fears. I don't don't know what that means in relation to this year. Hmm. The next one felt like a big hit at the time. So this was the friend card, and it came out upside down. And Richard Lale said, oh, okay. So this means, you know, you're probably going to lose a friend. And you need to let go, Mm. know that you did the right thing, appreciate the time you had together. um, That really resonated with you at the time. Yeah, at the time it really did. So now I think I feel comfortable sharing a little more detail about this. So I had a friend who got into actually a pseudoscience practice, a pseudoscientific medical practice. And Ross, you know this, but for the listener, Mm -hmm. um, it was something that I considered very, very dangerous. So not just ineffective, but like it actually hurt them 
right then and there. Uh, so I, I intervened to try to make this person safer. And that understandably upset them and made them feel like I'd sort of taken their agency out of the equation. Hmm. It was one of those things where I didn't, I believed in what I did and I felt okay about how I handled it, but I also completely understood how this other person didn't like it. You know, it made sense to me. So I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't resent them for being mad at me, right. but it was a very, very close friendship. And so it was just really gutting at the time. So the advice here was just like, let that go. Appreciate the time you've had together. Well, guess what? We're friends again. Everything's fine. Yay. So this is, I'm very glad I didn't take this advice. Instead, I went to them and I said like, hey, I yeah. want to tell you, like, looking back, what I feel I contributed to this situation, um, you know, where I could have done this better. And and they did the exact same thing. And I mean, it was great. I was really glad that I specifically <laughs> did not take this advice. So. That's a that's a good point, Zero. because initially the reading felt like it resonated. He'd, you know, ta- kind of tapped into something that did feel specific and timely to you. But the advice attached to it. Yep was in the end not good advice unless this person ends up murdering you in which case i will retroactively give uh richard lale lillard extra credit and then my vision board will come into play because you'll need to exact revenge for me oh yeah right which was on the vision board so you know who the person is so keep some tabs on oh tabs keeps yeah tabs tabs can't get a tab kit unless you order something i'm um I'll have to make sure some very complicated messages end up on your your tombstone if this all goes down as we have uh, foreseen. <laughs> um, okay, so then I asked him if he had any visions for my love life this year. Now, at the time, I'm thinking, I'm getting married in October. Yeah. Surely there's not going to be a worldwide pandemic that waylays my wedding. Right. Um, so he did, a, he did a reading on that, and right away he got the cat card. Hmm. And uh, this is another place where if he had gone literal, yeah, we would be so impressed. If he was like, totally. well, actually, the big love I see coming into your life is a cat. <laughs> right. We would have been like, You and okay, I would have sir, looked at each other like, that's lunch. not happening. Carrie's not a cat person. No, no, no. I like cats fine, <laughs> but categorically, and I stand oh, by this. Categorically. categorically, cats are not as good as dogs. But the best cat of all time happened to come into my life. She's very dog-like. She uh, likes to run up and jump in my lap and purr and be around me uh, and isn't standoffish. Golly, she did come into my life. So yeah, that would have been an amazing hit. But instead, he said, okay, so this means you need to use the wiles of a cat to get love. Be more like a cat. Play the game. Take power in the situation. You know how cats are. They stand off. They're like, oh, maybe you can have my affection. Maybe you can't. I'm going (laughs) to pee on your rug and look you right in the eye while I do it. Yeah, so none of none of that interpretation works with my life. Yeah, also. oops. Okay. Zero. Then I got the servant card. In that, he said, I will have to work for a relationship. If I want a relationship, I'm going to have to work for it. I'll say I'll give that a one, you know, especially being stuck together for a whole year. Like you do learn, have to learn new skills and uh, manage your relationship in new ways. So I'll give that a one. Another thing that's, I would say, always true for everyone. You just got to work at relationships. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Touche. Touche. But but I would say my metric here is sort of like, does this year stand out at least a little bit in that area? And I would Mm -hmm. say, yeah, 
yeah, you know, it had its its unique challenges. Yeah, I, I would say that um, same reading would have been less true for me. I think Kara and I have been together for a long time. And we sort of have our groove. So there's sort of an upkeep there, maybe not the same level of attention required for other things in my life. So I think that would have been a less strong hit for me. So fair. Okay, yeah. Fair enough. Then about work, uh, he gave me a few little tidbits about my work that I needed to breathe deep before work. <laughs> sure, I, I can't say that's bad advice. Uh, I'm not sure that it he, played into this. He said a lot others. about breathing and had his kind of particular breathing pattern that he recommended for us, which I, I'm sad to yeah. say I did not keep up with. Yeah, I can't say that I did better this year at it, but I do try to. He like myself. specifically wanted me to sit up in bed every morning upright and then breathe in for 10 seconds, hold it and then breathe out for 10 seconds. I did not do that. Oh, Okay. You got a lot of breathing to do. He also said my work was going to bring me lots of financial reward. Uh, I don't think he was specifically saying this year in the way that he articulated it. Okay. But it sounded like he was just saying, like, in general, you're going to be successful. You're going to be financially successful. So I feel not quite right dinging him for this. But this year, like, I mean, we couldn't go on tour. Mm. Uh, mm -hmm. Not a lot of people out buying freelancer articles. I would say... If anything, this was like, yeah, I'm doing okay, everybody. I'm okay. Don't okay. freak out. But, but I didn't feel like a year was of like abundance. a high crop yield year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I give that a one, but I still, you know, I feel uh, contentedly uh, grateful for my success, of course. In work, he said there might be a toxic adversary that comes into my work. I don't know. I did three pretty difficult interviews this year, but like, <laughs> I wouldn't call them toxic adversaries. I don't know. I gave that a one. Yeah. I was being, I'm being nice. Yeah, I feel like that could be a hit. Sure. Um, and then I asked him about November 2020. So this was really feeling like the big thing we were all waiting for at the time is what's going to happen in the U.S. election right. uh, between Donald Trump and and whoever is the Democratic forerunner. And so he said that what he saw, and he did deliver this with a little bit of a caveat of a like, well, this is what I see, but I'm not, I'm not positive. Mm -hmm. He said he felt that the left would fight over their candidate and thereby divide the left. And so we would lose. And he was using we language. He considered himself uh, on the left side of the political spectrum. Mm -hmm. So he said, we're going to fight. We're going to divide ourselves. We'll lose. Trump is going to win. That's what I see. So zero there. Yep. Certainly, you know, Trump hasn't ceded that he lost the election yet, but he has. He sure did. And um, sure did. yeah, I remember Richard saying that. Oh, I really hope I'm wrong. Well, yeah, good job. You're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats. Congratulations. Um, you're wrong. <laughs> psychic. And then he said he doesn't see Trump being removed from office. So at this time... Trump had been impeached by the House, but right. uh, not yet tried in the Senate. And of course, we all kind of knew this is how it would go down, but that was correct. <laughs> Trump is, was not removed from office. This is pretty funny because uh, we commented in the episode that this is kind of when we got to see more of the real Richard because he's very, I think, politically active and was kind of on the same wavelength that we were. And I'm now friends with him on Facebook and we'll like each other's stuff. And uh, he, he posts a lot of fun things and live videos. But every now and then he'll go out for a ride in his open air roadster that has the license plate Mr. Satan. And he'll be wearing these little <laughs> sunglasses that have sort of the front tinted panels and then two little side panels. You know, it's just delightfully quirky. He's wearing like an 
an ascot and commenting as he drives around. Anyway, so he was out for a ride just the other day, and he found himself in the midst of this Trump parade. And there's people with big Trump flags streaming out of their big trucks. And so he was just yelling out at them, you lost! Trump lost! Get over it! It was it was just hilarious and delightful. Uh, my wife, my wife and son, and I were watching this for a long time and just cracking up. Uh, yeah, that's a uh, that's a fun thing to shout in a mid Atlantic accent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get over it! <laughs> yeah, loser. He was yelling that out too. Loser. He's a loser. Yes, very fun. I wonder if. If Richard Lale has another voice, I wonder if it breaks out sometimes, if he sort of forgets to put on his fancy accent. Yeah, I bet. So about about these predictions about Trump. So he said, won't be removed from office. I'm giving that a one out of two just because I'm not that impressed. Okay. Um, and then he did say he thought Trump would die in office. Yes. But he said, it won't be an assassination. It will be natural causes, but I think he's going to die in office. So- Unless that happens in the next seventeen days, as what, we're recording, seventeen days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's a big old zero. Yeah, maybe should get negatives. Okay, counting this up. Opportunities for hits. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And and really, there was a close scare there. I don't know if scare is the right word, but uh, Trump had COVID and uh, he was just in the exact intersection of the Venn diagram that he was at risk and he just happened to benefit from the best care in the world. And then, of course, immediately turned around and act like he did this himself and left the hospital. Or, ugh, awful. Anyways, you know, he could have right. died and he doesn't have a healthy diet. He doesn't have a healthy exercise regimen. So it was it was a fair guess. Uh, but yeah, negative Old. one, I think, is is correct. Oh, you think I should ding him? You think I should give him a negative? Oh, I, I, certainly a zero. Oh, yeah. I, I was sort of kidding. But yeah, uh, we can give him a negative, the, the only negative one. Okay, so there were 20 opportunities for hits. Mm-hmm. So then the most you could get is a 40, and the least you could get is a zero. Okay. And we've got, let's see, three, five, seven, eight, fifteen 15 out of 40. Okay. Oh, the, I, I kind of like that numbering system. That's that's good. 15 so that out of 40 possible. Of 37%. Okay. Yeah. All right. Not terrible, but you want your psychic to at least be 50%. <laughs> okay. I feel like at 50%, I'm like, all right, you're doing okay. Now your advice is uh, at a coin flip level. Yeah, yeah. Any better than that, and you're better than a coin flip, which is uh, pretty good. Uh, Yeah. Hi, Although Drew. Coin fl- I, I always get stuck up on this because even coin flips are like pretty high probability. Ross is saying hi to you. Hi, Ross. He says hi, Ross. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, I have a question. Of those hits, how many were twos? Drew is asking, of the hits, how many were twos? Oh. Let's see. What's the two quotient? Four. The answer is four. Oh, okay. That is a useful number. Yeah. So 20% high hits. Okay. I also pulled up a few other predictions made by people we covered on the show. But before I tell you, I have a Jumbotron. All right. Tell me about this Jumbotron. Oh, you got it. Who Jumboed uh, and who Troned? Uh, it was Jumboed by Madge and Troned by Dean, which is to say Madge sent it to Dean. Aw. And Madge says, happy sixth anniversary, Dean. I love you. 
I can't believe we've already been together for six wonderful months. I'm really excited to see what our future together will look like. Here's to many more happy months full of dry humor, hearing your thoughts of the on-rack back catalog, sunrises, and Pisces. <laughs> Love, Madge. Um, I'm very curious about how this romance took place during quarantine. Yes. I hope you two have never met or I will be so mad. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Well, uh, congratulations to you. Yes, indeed. And we've got another Jumbotron, a very appropriate Jumbotron from the Creepover podcast. Ooh. Ross, growing up, were you the Wednesday Adams of your friend group? Yes. That kid in the corner spouting serial killer facts <laughs> or consulting a Ouija board? Then the Creepover is the creepy slumber party podcast for you. Every Friday night, join wives Allie and Catherine Ormsby, your Mulder and Scully-esque hosts, as part-time believer Allie and full-time skeptic Catherine share ghost stories, watch horror flicks, discuss the latest mystifying headlines, and cover an array of intriguing and bone-chilling topics. So tune into the Creepover podcast at thecreepover.com, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, like this one. Oh man, that sounds awesome. That does sound awesome. While I've got you here, Ross, can we talk about women's clothes? Please. I've been hoping the conversation would steer there, and it hasn't yet. Well, first of all, let's start with my feet. I love them. I love putting stuff on them. Mm -hmm. I love walking around with my feet covered. That's just a thought starter to get our conversation going. Well, that's you good. Know? You've got to take care of those feet so that they can be featured <laughs> on, uh, on certain websites devoted to feet. Didn't you say someone made a profile for you? It's kind of embarrassing. I made a big stink about how my feet hadn't <laughs> been fetishized. And then people just sent me the link being like, Carrie, they have that your feet have been on wiki feet for like six years. Wiki feet, that's it. And you made yeah. a stink about it. I like I made it. Such a stink. Uh, like feet. But my feet don't stink because I often wear Rothy's. That's right. Rothy's shoes are seamlessly knit with thread made from plastic water bottles. So they're ultra comfortable as soon as you slip them on. And another major bonus, they are fully machine washable. Every time they need a refresh, you just simply toss them in the washing machine. And then your feet will smell as good as Carrie's. That's right. And they'll be as cute as mine because Rothy's are freaking cute. And guess what? It's not just shoes. Of course, they do shoes incredibly well, but they also have more athletic shoes. They have bags. They have masks because yeah, yeah you want to buy some high quality masks as well. So, so check out all the amazing shoes, bags, and masks available right now at rothys.com slash oh no. That's rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash oh no, O-H-N-O. Okay, Carrie, that was good. That was good. You got any other Thank women's you. clothing? Or really, clothing for anybody. Oh, thank you for asking. Gracias por preguntar. I was hoping that you'd talk to me about breasts and the things that hold them. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. well, in that case, you might be referring to, I don't know, Third Love. They're a company. Yes, exactly. That is dedicated to making bras for all day comfort and support with memory foam cups, no slip straps, and a scratch free band. And they come in cup sizes AA to I, including half cup sizes, and bands 30 to 48. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of sizes. Good for them. And yeah. oh my gosh, that scratch-free band is so nice because anybody who's worn a bra knows that feeling of the that, like, that tag digging into you 
Thank God they got rid of that. And those no-slip straps, I really, really loved because I, I do have the sloping shoulders that mm-hmm. make my bras want to leave my person. And Third Love has figured it out. So listen, 2021 is your time to shine, listener. Focus on what makes you happy, starting with better bras and underwear. Not sure about your size? Take Third Love's online Fit Finder quiz to find a style and size that fit your breast shape and your body. From modern stripes to lace that actually feels soft mm-hmm. to their number one rated 24-7 classic t-shirt bra, check out all the exclusive styles at thirdlove.com. Yeah, you really want to. And this gets even better. You've heard us talk about Third Love before. You've heard us talk about our promos before. But get this, Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 20% off your first order. Oh, man, you got to do it. So go to thirdlove.com slash ono right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 20% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash ono for 20% off today. I think I will. So before we return to Richard Lale and you tell us what he told you, I didn't want to forget that... Kimberly Meredith made a prediction during our interview. Yes. She said that COVID-19 was going to get better toward the summer because of the sun and probably go away right around the summer in the United States. Okay. That's a solid negative one. Zero. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe negative 10. Things got worse and worse. Then Gloria Hammond, who is one of our emergency psychics, Mm -hmm. um, I asked her what was going to happen in the election. And she said Trump would win by 40 to 50 more electoral votes. Nope. Nope. But that tells us what she was hoping for. Perhaps. Actually, I feel like she did sort of express it the way Richard Lale did. A sort of like, uh, oh, sorry okay. to say. Oh, oh, okay. Well, um, Trump lost by the same margin that he won the 2016 election. Exactly the same. Yeah, so if that was a huge win, this was a huge loss. Right, unless you count a few faithless electors that sort of threw off the final numbers, but, you know, Mm -hmm. otherwise, same tally. And then Lori Spagna, one of our interviewees, she said, and this was in a video, it didn't make it into our interview, but she said that the week of April 5th, 2020, we would get either a worldwide vaccine or a worldwide microchip to deal with COVID. That would be by the week of April 5th, 2020. Well, that was a dumb and irresponsible thing to say. I want to give it another negative one. But this is your scoring. Here's what I'll give her. She said this in April. Yeah. So I I think... (laughs) Come on. Yeah, I think she must must have meant it. And I, I always want to give people a little bit of credit for like, Putting themselves out there in a very testable way and sincerely. Yeah. Because people had to watch that in the same week be like, okay, well, that didn't happen. So I don't think she was preying on ignorance. I think she may have just actually been ignorant in this in this particular way. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, I still follow her on Facebook, and uh, she makes a big deal of how she doesn't wear a mask. And she also held an event at a COVID hotspot. Ugh. She's just layers of awful. I don't know about layers of awful, but she's... uh, We're talking about Lori Spania, right? I believe she's probably dangerous. Yeah. 
How did Richard Lale do for you? All right. So my reading from Richard Lale, it's uh, it's hard to separate out things that are just sort of comments about your personality or who you are versus things that are actual predictions. So, you know, him saying that I right. tend to overthink or that I'm very philosophical, that's not a prediction. So at mm-hmm. the time, he said that there was a surprise recently in my life that I was coming out of that. And I couldn't immediately think of what that meant, though you suggested that maybe it was that my dad had been recently diagnosed with, uh, well, he had had prostate cancer for a while, but it had gotten to a point where he had told me he was at stage four. And and that right. was that was a surprise. So I guess so. It just didn't immediately come to my mind that way. Mm-hmm. And now I'm happy to report he's doing much better. The therapy that he was using uh, worked quite well, and his numbers have come down oh, and good. stayed down. So hopefully many more years left for my dad. Anyway, so. Right. I, I guess I guess I'll give that a one because okay. we could make that work. Let's see. There was a lesson that when a door closes in my face that I shouldn't take no for an answer. I don't know. Mm. Is that even a prediction? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's advice that's supposed to be particular to this year. Okay. And actually, it seems like bad advice for this year. Yeah, if you were I... pushed out of a store because they reached maximum capacity. <laughs> Back off, buddy. Very interesting literal interpretation of that. Um, I'm trying to think of doors that closed in my face. Yeah, I'd, I don't feel like that was relevant this year, so I'm giving that a zero. Um, okay, but here's here's the big one. So one of the cards that I got was The Widower. <laughs> I know where this is going. Yes. And uh, this was a big shock at the time because you had... First of all, the widower card, uh, I am a married man, and the the card itself had a picture of a very dapper man with a handlebar mustache that looked not unlike Richard Lillard himself, and he was leaning over a grave that said, Alla mia cara muglia. I don't know if I'm even saying that even close to correct, but a little Italian phrase meaning to my dear wife. And my wife's name happens to be Cara. So there's my wife's name. <laughs> Spelled right... the way it is on the grave. Yeah. Of course, just like death or the baby, he immediately said, well, not necessarily literal, um, but there's going to be some sort of loss or a perceived But maybe loss. literal. <laughs> yeah, but maybe literal. And so <laughs> so my wife has nursed a grudge against this man ever since. And uh, just recently, I was mentioning that we were going to be recording this episode, and Kara said, oh my goodness, that's right, I lived. <laughs> he didn't succeed in killing me. <laughs> so... I think <laughs> Kara took this as a very personal thread of this man trying to eradicate her. <laughs> and she feels she has succeeded Not against Not unlike his... Sister Rocky, who also felt like things were going to go awry with Kara. Right. Yeah. It seems like everybody's taken from trying to get Kara pregnant to trying to get rid of her. <laughs> um, so thankfully, that was a big fat zero, the widower. Now, you... c- certainly, everybody's kind of feeling loss, uh, Fortunately for me, I haven't had anybody in my immediate acquaintance who has died from COVID. Certainly, I know many people who have gotten it. And right now, I'm very worried for my cousin who was Mm. working really hard to avoid it. And we all didn't want her to get it. Uh, She has a few contraindications. So uh, she's in the hospital now, and Uh. and we're all very concerned about it. So, um, you know, we're in 2021 now. But um, uh, anyways, I'm eagerly waiting good news on her behalf. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I'm giving that a zero. Thankfully, Kara made it out A-OK this year. Yeah. And is there any way you can make it fit symbolically? I I mean... No. No. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's the easy answer. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm a widower of anything in particular at the moment. Yeah. 
Okay, good. Speaking of which, I should update when I mentioned that Kara wants to have a grave with a weeping angel on it. You, yes. You looked up pictures of weeping angels and you said, oh, that's horrifying. Uh-huh. You want that forever? And I thought you were just reacting to the pictures of these lovely Victorian angel figures draped over tombs. But I didn't look at what you were looking at. So people told us later that there is a thing in Doctor Who where there are these weeping angel statues <laughs> who like have fierce teeth and angry eyes and open mouths. And like they're like these really oh, okay. hor- horrific looking creatures. <laughs> So you were probably looking at these Doctor Who creatures. Oh, how funny. And I'm just blithely going, yeah, I guess it's kind of creepy. But um, anyways, <laughs> what Kara has in mind is something oh, very- Oh, now I got to- Okay, let me- uh... <laughs> That's so funny. I'm going to look up Weeping Angel Grave and see what I get. I, I'm sorry, all of our Doctor Who fans out there. I've never seen Doctor Who. The little I've seen, like partial episodes, just did not resonate with me. I'm sure it's wonderful if you get into it. I am sure of it. Uh, <laughs> um, I think I was, because the only one that's, that I remember as I'm looking at these doesn't have like fangs or anything. Yeah, you have to like customize uh, your search to get the right kind of image that uh, Kara is thinking of, like a weeping angel grave. Yeah, I, this is what Oh, there I was... we go. Okay, yeah. So that's exactly oh, that's, right. Nope. That's what I had in mind. Oh, and you thought that was I, kind of sad for uh, eternity to have yeah, this. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's, <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's a human-sized uh, figure with draping wings, and the figure is crying over your tomb, essentially. That's what Kara wants. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, but I see what other people saw. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Honestly, kind of preferable, but yes, uh, <laughs> both, both I wouldn't want. But if I had to pick one or the other, I'm going to take this Doctor Who one. So everyone thought you were looking at the horror film images. Okay, now we've clarified that. I wish I had been. He had a priest card that was upside down, and that told him that I needed to kind of figure out the balance between the rational and the spiritual world, which, mm. I mean, it felt interesting sure. to me, at least, because that's what I do. I can't stop learning about the spiritual world. And he kind of took that into, when I pressed him on it, he sort of took that into a space of, you should meditate. Uh, but I'm still going to give it a one, just oh. because it does feel very correctly flavored for me. Mm-hmm. Let's see, he told me to be silent in my car, but again, I, I don't think that's necessarily a prediction of anything, and I, I I don't know. I listen to stuff when I'm in my car. But do you wish that you hadn't? For example, were did you get any speeding tickets this year? I did not. You know, I was just thinking about okay. that the other day because I got a ton of speeding tickets when I was young. Ah. I wish I could see footage of what my driving looked like when I was young, when I, admittedly I drove a lot faster, and what it looks like now where I'm driving a Prius, which you can't really drive gangster even if you want to. I I just, <laughs> I wonder like if it's something that would be perceptible to a cop that somehow I got singled out all the time when I was young and I don't anymore. Mm. I haven't gotten a speeding ticket in over a decade at least. So you don't consider yourself young anymore because you're not saying younger. You know, that's funny because in many ways I I still do consider myself young, but in terms of driving, no, I don't. Okay, (laughs) fair enough. Especially now that I have a son who's driving and I'm not not as fearful for him as I would have been for my younger self. I think he's a more responsible, cautious driver than I was. But I always wonder like, what what are cops looking for that somehow they knew to pull me over? It was like every three months for a long time. It was terrible. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah. Anyways, huh. so no, I, I, yeah, I won't, I won't grade the be silent in your car thing one way or the other. He, he pulled out the gift card and said not to forget that I have- A gift card? Not to forget that I have gifts. Right, which I think is hilarious. I would love to kind of design a deck of these sorts of Oracle cards, all with cards that have double meanings for their phrases, like the Trump card, the gift card, the the race card. <laughs> the, the woman card. The woman yeah. card. Yeah. I, I bet we could come up with enough of them to fill a whole deck. All right, everybody. Hillary Clinton literally sold woman cards. Oh, that's right. You could be a card-carrying woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to play the woman card? Gift card. Boy, I feel like there's a a ton more. Yellow card. The greeting card. You could have someone like waving hello. Oh yeah, right. Like (laughs) all of those um, like sports cards, like the 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 red card, the yellow card that you'd get in football. Anyways, yeah, send us your card ideas. Maybe we'll make that deck. That sounds pretty fun. Yeah, I'm lost in this now. Okay. Uh-oh. Yeah, this is dangerous. Coming back. Coming back. Mentally coming back. Okay. I can't grade that one way or the other. Just, okay, nice to remember that I have gifts. Okay, there was a... And to remember to use your gift cards. Yeah. Well, you've, you've all got them now because it's the new year. I'm sure you got them for, uh, for the holidays. <laughs> So what I'm doing today, I'm going to Veggie Grill to use a gift card. Nice. You gave Drew a gift card that he keeps saying, oh, I'm going to go down and use it for uh, plant-powered fast food. Yeah. Weren't you the ones who told me about plant power? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we, we went to it in uh, like the San Diego area, but they do have a food truck in Echo Park. Oh, nice. And Drew's very eager to go use it. Oh, that's good to know. I actually drove to Long Beach to get that and to try that place for myself for the first time. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. Well, what'd you think? I thought it was a a chance for me to try it and to get the gift card. I thought it was delicious. Okay, good. So Plant Power is like, it's a fast food place, but it's all vegan. So you can order milkshakes and... Fried chicken sandwiches. Right. Burgers. Egg McMuffin. It's the Big Zack. It's sort of a take on a Big Mac. It's like the double layer. All of these things that look unhealthy and terrible for you and probably are still unhealthy, but they're delicious and they're vegan. Anyways, good. I'm glad he's excited Slightly better for you and much better for the planet and animals. Yes, that's what really matters. Um, Okay, so the next card that Richard Lale read for me was the room card, and it was upside down, and that was a warning that I need to reverse the melancholy of my life or my life will be in chaos. Oh, wow. Okay, did you do it? Yeah, I mean, I've been cleaning lately. The house looks much better. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, the, as far as the melancholy in my life, of course, everybody has aspects of melancholy, but I don't feel like it's a significant factor for me or that I took it head on in 2020. If anything, this was a more melancholy year, but I don't think it added. I, there's been yeah. no like real chaos in my life. So I'm calling that a zero. Okay. He wanted me to embrace sorrow and told me that it was very important to cry, even fake it if I had to. But I I didn't follow through on that. I didn't cry much this year. Um, so I don't know what I was missing out by not following his advice. So I don't feel like I can rate that Come one way on, or the Nate, other. Come on, Nate. Express yourself. I mean... Express yourself. I'm not against it. I'm doing a, a reference to the Netflix special, Nate. Oh. Starring Natalie Palomides. It's on Netflix? Yeah. Okay, I'm putting it on my- Yeah, yeah, she has a Netflix special right now. You know what? That's right. I think she even messaged me about this. You know, I just finally watched Bria Grant's film that she released in October 
called 12 Hour Shift, which mm. was very good, very suspenseful, very fun use of music. So I felt totally guilty that I'd sat around and not watched it on video on demand until this past <laughs> week. So I'm going to now remind myself to watch Nate on... Oh my God, it's so good. Netflix. Okay, now it's on my... Because you didn't see the list. live show, right? No, I didn't get to see that. All right, I'm going to watch the Netflix one. Thanks for in reminding for a treat. me. In for a treat. And also, I'm in it. You are? are you, like you're mentioned or you show up, you're in the audience, you get pulled up on stage, she puts a sock audience. on your head. Okay. I'm in the audience with our good friend Matthew Strugar and our good friend Lindsay Pavlis. And our good friend Kira Gowan from Max Fun. But yeah, you just see us in a couple reaction shots. I look incredibly proud. (laughs) It's like I birthed, I birthed Natalie and I'm like, that's right. I've done this. (laughs) Okay. All right. I'm looking forward to your cameo. And I think that was it for my reading, at least all the things I have that are kind of numerable, though... I do have a note here that I think maybe we said to him at the end that if Trump lost, that we would have to come back and celebrate together. So maybe Aww, nice. maybe we're doing we a little celebration back. with Richard Lyle. Yeah, it's funny because we, again, like each other's stuff on social media, but we haven't really resolved the question of whether he's listened to this episode. The last time I heard he said he hadn't. Um, oh, right. And how he feels about yeah. us. Uh, so maybe I need to talk with him and see if he wants to hang out at some point when we're all vaccinated. Okay, so what was your total points? Okay, so I was just doing this as I went along. So we had, okay, one, two, three, five, only five things that actually got graded. No twos, but... Meaning the others are all zero or the others don't really qualify for analysis? Meaning the others uh, just don't qualify. Okay. So I only count five things that really had a, a verifiable component of whether they worked. And he gets two points out of a possible 10. Okay. I'm not a math major, but I believe that's 20%. Yeah, and none of them were A2. So yeah, I I think he had lots of lovely things to say and good advice, but uh, I don't think there was any really solid prognostication for 2020 in there. You can also see how much the particular generosity of the particular sitter on that particular day uh, in this exact moment plays yeah. into the analysis. Because yes. I could I could make an argument for giving him half the points I gave him. Right. And and of course it plays into it just how much we liked him. Both of us really enjoyed his presence. Mm-hmm enjoyed sitting with him. So that probably buys him some extra points. If he had been more gruff or disagreeable, that would have factored in as well. Yep. Now, we deal with lots of people who make predictions, but I, I thought I'd highlight a couple. First of all, in our one of our coronavirus episodes, we talked about Sylvia Brown's predictions that she made in her book, End of Days, yeah. back in 2008. And at the time, people were really giving her a lot of credit for having called the pandemic. And so I'll remind you of what she said there and also some of the other things that she said that involved 2020 that I thought it would be fair to wait until the end of the year to really see how correct she was. Mm. So the one that was... She's dead now. Yes, she is dead now. She dead. The lady's dead. That's how she would have said it about herself (laughs) in her own uncaring voice. So the prediction that she made that garnered so much attention around the March time frame was, in around 2020, a severe pneumonia-like illness will spread throughout the globe, oh, she's a globe believer, attacking the lungs and the bronchial tubes and resisting all known treatments. 
almost more baffling than the illness itself will be the fact that it will suddenly vanish as quickly as it arrived. Attack again oh, 10 whoops. years later and then disappear completely. Oh, whoops. Yeah, I feel like when you look at those particulars, it becomes a less and less impressive guess. None of that sounds like COVID-19, so... I'm calling that a miss. No, the beginning does. Yeah. The beginning definitely on, does. On our new scale here, I would give that a one because I think, okay, at least yeah. you're in the ballpark to the point where we need to take a closer look at this. Uh, but the closer look yeah. keeps it from being a two. And it's revealing that the only parts that stand out are the things we already knew. Like we already knew COVID-19 existed when this became a relevant passage to even look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it matched. And then all you want then is like, okay, so tell me what's going to happen. Now Now I buy in. Now I believe you. So what's going to happen? Oh, you totally biffed that part. Right. Because right. it didn't go away. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that failed. But let's look at some of the other things that she mentioned in that book in 2008 that mentioned 2020. Okay. Sometime between 2008 and 2020... I see a sitting president dying in office oh. of a heart attack. Oh, shit. The vice president who assumes the presidency will stun the world by announcing his intention to declare war on North Korea in light of his accurate belief that they actually are in possession of weapons of mass destruction. Oops. Wow. That was wrong. Well, well, they have... Oh, no, I was going to say they have 20 days, but that's not even true. That's right. Because 2020 is over, baby. 2020 is over. Sorry, Sylvia. Blindness will become a thing of the past by 2020 at the latest without a reliance on organ transplants when a tiny digital device is discovered that when implanted in the frontal lobes of the brain will create or reactivate normal healthy communication between the brain and the eyes. Girl, you just heard 2020 and you thought, vision. <laughs> totally. Um, also, that's it. no later than 2020, thanks to the development mm. of a synthetic material that perfectly duplicates the human eardrum, we'll see a virtual end to deafness. Oh, okay. Wow. No deafness, no blindness. So, nope. Hang on. Are there still? Yep. We still have both of those. The year 2020 will mark the end of the U.S. presidency and the executive branch of the government. Whoa! Yeah. I mean, this is one where, again, early in the year or even up to the last few months, this sounded pretty interesting. Yeah, you're tugging at your collar going, ha, that's silly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right around March, yeah. I think when we discussed this back in our coronavirus episode, we thought, well, we'll see how this year plays out. <laughs> And it could have gone that way. She said, let's just say the American public will finally be fed up by then and leave it at that. So close, but I still say no cigar. By 2020, we'll see the end of IRAs, mutual funds, pension and retirement plans. And yes, it's true, the stock market. So nope. And yes, it's true. Uh, No, not true. And the stock market continues to enrich the rich and poor the poor. Indeed. And this one has maybe a little bit of wiggle room left in it. She says, by approximately 2020, the educational system in the United States will undergo massive structural changes and not a moment too soon. I'll actually give this one a one Mm. because there's been some massive changes with the stay-at-home orders. Yes, yes. Uh, Yeah, yeah, okay. But I don't know if it's the sort of thing where you point to that and be like, whoa, not a moment too soon. Good thing we we all went home. (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's not like, I imagine she meant something like, 
we're going to start teaching to all the different styles of learning or right. there's going to be 10 students to every teacher instead of 40. Yeah, none of that happened. And just to kind of clarify that I think you have the right idea, another one of her predictions was higher salaries for teachers will attract more teachers. And in 2020, there will never be more than 15 grade school students per teacher in oh. any classroom. Whoa, Carrie. I am a psychic. Also, you probably read this to me 11 months ago, and I don't remember it, but still. But, but you kept the flavor of it. And unfortunately, that's not true. That would have been a great prediction to have come true. And I think maybe it's flavored by the fact that she herself was once a teacher. And in fact, ah. my friend Rihanna went to an all-girl high school where Sylvia Brown was a religion teacher back in the day. Can you believe Whoa. it? Yeah, how fun would that have been? Did she take her class? No, I think she I think she missed her somehow, like either chronologically Damn. or uh, didn't have the class, but okay. pretty wild, right? Yeah, definitely. So the other 2020 prognosticator I wanted to highlight for you is Teal Swan. Ah, uh, Teal, our old pal. We had a multi-part investigation about her. We went to one of her conferences in Los Angeles. And every year, she makes her predictions. She just released her 2021 predictions. We'll maybe see how those went at the end of this next year. But she made 2020 world predictions, and she rightly posted them on YouTube on December 31st, 2019. So uh, just to give her full, full credit for having posted this beforehand with a good dating method. Okay, so a lot was said in this YouTube video. It's long, but hopefully I can boil it down to the things that are actually kind of prediction-like. And I've got to say, some of them sound pretty good when you just pull them by themselves. Okay. She started out with a Hindu scripture quote about losing fear. She says that fear is going to be a central theme that all people are going to be grappling with. Okay. She said there's going to be a big shift slash transformation a lot of resistance to of that course. and that resistance to change was going to peak in 2020 and it's not hmm. going it's not going to get much more concrete from here she's very ethereal okay. in how she says all these things and it's really hard like even taking notes when teal swan is speaking cuz she'll string together this long sentence and you'll you kind of nod your head and you'll go to write it down and you'll be like wait i got to hear it again what what did she actually say what was the yes. real thought in yes. there and it's especially tough when she's still speaking and you're trying to do that, which I think we addressed in our episodes about her. Yeah, some people communicate in this way that it's like, I'm just communicating my state of feeling or state of mind rather than a specific thought you can take and run with. Right. And she's one of those communicators. Right. Here's a fog of words and let's just see what kind of feeling you get from this this atmosphere yeah. I've I've created. Uh, she mentioned her book, The Anatomy of Loneliness, and said that it was specifically about 2020. So, loneliness, 2020. Okay. Yeah, that feels pretty darn okay. solid. Oh, yeah, fair. She also came out with a novel this year. Oh, did she? Mm-hmm, yeah. A novel, interesting. Yeah. That's a novel yeah. idea. And not just the novel coronavirus. <laughs> a novel, novel. Oh, we're on it. Do you know what it was about? I think it's an addiction story. I want to say it's, yeah, like about a teenager struggling with addiction, but I'm not certain. Okay. Someone actually tipped me to this, that she had an Instagram post where she read from it, and she's like, I'm going to pick a passage randomly. I'm just going to let the spirits pick it. But she kind of didn't oh. account for the 
angle at which the camera was placed and you can just see the bookmark fall right into her lap as she <laughs> opens it quote unquote randomly Okay, uh, and then reads you a passage that she clearly had just wanted to read you. But anyway, Weird. so I've heard that passage and that was the impression I got. As She's such a story. strange creature. Why, why go through all that? What was that about? <laughs> yeah. Just be like, here's a good passage. All right. Hold on. Well, I don't add that to my Goodreads list. Okay, so I'm I'm skipping past a lot of goodness, I don't even know what to call it, but words. But this was this was pretty strong. She said, This will be a year of battle. Battle of the sexes, races, creeds, politics, okay. self versus other, and a year of protests regarding change. That okay. was that was pretty spot on. I'll give it to her. I'll give it to her. I mean, she really broadens it out. So there were a lot of places that could have hit, you know, Battle of the Sexes. I don't feel like that's relevant at all this year. Oh, okay. You know, uh, as opposed to other years. Yeah, this wasn't the Me Too year. 2019. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But yes, significant civil rights protests in the US. Yeah. Um, And if this helps, she said that the frequency pattern in 2020 is similar to that of the year 532 and 629. Oh, that really puts that in perspective for me. Now I get it. Okay. And and she said, this may help you more, but it's also very similar to the frequency pattern of 1834, 1898, that was the Spanish-American War, 1914, that was the beginning of World War I, 1966, there flashed a little picture of space flight, Okay. and 2001, there was the 9-11 towers. So... Interesting. Okay. I thought she was going to say, like, 1968 would have, I think, been the best hit. Yeah, 68 actually would have been yeah. pretty insightful because you had a combination yeah, sure. of a really bad viral outbreak and a lot of race-related strife in America. Yeah, and, the, yeah, the assassination of Martin Luther King. But, I don't know, the year 532 did definitely resonate with me personally. Oh, yeah, no, 532, <laughs> like, so much happened then. For example, <laughs> and this is just how I talk is at this rate. For example, the Franks, under command of King the I, a name I'm just remembering, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and his brother Clothar the I, uh, they invaded the kingdom of Burgundy, and oh, defeated right. the Burgundians under King Godemar near Autun, which is, of course, in modern France. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> yes. And it was, uh, oh, it was, uh, as I recall, the first year in which Anno Domini calendar is used for numbering the years. Uh-huh. Oh, right. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah. Yeah, good, yeah, yeah. Remember? Good point. And that was a lot like 2020 when I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, it's hard to know really what to do with that. But she said it's a frequency that causes societal system shakeup. So, you know, that's that's pretty okay. good. And she even she even said after she said that, that's a bit of an understatement. And she tends to like kind of giggle and, okay. and laugh throughout her videos. And then there will be a hard cut. Yes. And, uh, who knows what was happening there. But uh, yeah, that all felt pretty <laughs> solid. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, she said that this is one of those years that would mark the end of an era. So let's hope so. It in sure, a good way. I mean, any year does, but okay. Yeah, I mean, but you can look back at certain times and say, okay, this is sort of when something stopped and something started. So let's let's hope. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Like hopefully the end of the Trump era, for example. Exactly. Yeah, and let's hope it's true, and hope it's true in a good way. The year 2020 will be a year of intense progression for technology, sciences, world trade, travel. 
No, uh-uh. <laughs> Air and space? Okay, maybe. As well as a move away from fossil fuels and patriarchy. I don't feel like that whole sentence really resonated with 2020. The only one is the sciences. I mean, we have the quickest vaccine turnaround pretty much ever. Oh, yeah, that's true. That that was a monumental effort that really I'm sure we'll be telling the stories of for years. She talked a lot about redefining. The central theme is to redefine this year. To, just to give you an idea of why it's so hard to get through Teal Swan language and sort of boil it down to takeaways, here's just one passage that I wrote down word for word. The awareness and decision to integrate within the universe is like a massive tsunami. That tsunami is headed towards all fragments within source consciousness. Basically, that mm-hmm. tsunami is pointing towards all points of itself. Yes. Yes. Let that wash yes, over you girl. like a tsunami. That means nothing. Lori Spagna speaks in a similar way where it's, it's so hard to follow a thread. And the only thing I really get from it is like, just be confident that you are the chosen one. Just be confident that you are better than the rest of the world. That's all I really get from it. It's inter- it's a, like a, a particular form of rhetoric that I think is really just meant to give you a, a word cloud and let you kind of latch onto words that you like and just take mm-hmm. away the feeling that you want, but then come away also yeah. very impressed. Like, wow, that was syntactically very well assembled. That was very impressive. Right. Yeah, but there's also this, uh, that's absolutely true. I feel like there's also this undercurrent of like playing on your narcissism. Mm. Yeah, this is special knowledge from the heavens that only certain people get. So that also sort of lulls you into a place of like, oh yeah, I get it, even if you don't. (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it works really well for the individual, but then if you pair people up afterwards and you're like, talk about what that meant, uh, you're gonna get... uh, (laughs) A really weird, hippy-dippy conversation. Yeah, yeah. The only other things that she said that had kind of like sort of an impressive clairvoyance to them were uh, she said the suicide crisis will rise. Of course, she's going to talk about that. The opioid crisis Mm -hmm. will rise. Loneliness is the crisis of the human race. So mm. that felt okay. apt for 2020. She said that it would be a Very year- Emil Durkheim. Oh, okay. Not, uh, not too familiar with those works, but that sounds right. And then she said 2020 would be a year of intense karmic return. So I say she had a few things in there by willing to be sort of dour and teal-like that really did resonate mm-hmm. with 2020. So I, I would say actually that yeah. was the best set of predictions that I heard for 2020, unless- we managed to do better. Well, did you assign numbers to teals? I didn't. Oh. You know, I should have as I was reading those through to you. I feel, though, that that would have been, at least if I only picked out the things that felt concrete and applicable like that, I feel like she actually would have done pretty well. I felt I feel like that would have been approaching a coin flip reading. Okay, okay. Well, yes, there is one last group of soothsayers who done soothed the truth, (laughs) and that is you and me and Drew. So we, uh, at the beginning of 2020, we wrote down some of our predictions, and then Drew added some of his and asked to be added to the Google Doc, so I got his on there too. At the time, okay, Mm -hmm. great. All right, well, hopefully this will heal your soothache. (laughs) Yes, the sooth is out there. So um, (laughs) first prediction 
And I, I think we were both being a little optimistic here. Not that we have anything in particular against Joe Biden, mm-hmm. but I predicted the Dem nomination does not go to Biden. Um, <laughs> and it went precisely I to Biden. Someone else. Yep. Of course, I should have just, uh, the way this is worded is obviously because I was like, it's going to go to Biden. But nevertheless, that's how I worded it. So that's a miss. It was looking for a while like it wouldn't because he did not do well in the first the first three races. But mm-hmm. but yeah, he sure swept it up in South Carolina and then Super Tuesday. Yeah. And then on top of that, I, I named names. I said that it would go to Warren or Buttigieg. Nope, it did not. Nope. Nope. Wrong. Then I said, a peacock makes national news. Uh You sure did. Now, several people (laughs) pointed out that uh, there's an NBC streaming service called Peacock. Unfortunately, that was announced in 2019, so I'm not counting that. And I was talking about an actual peacock. But an actual peacock did make the news. In fact, two peacocks made national news, uh, both for sort of being... Uh, like one got out of a zoo, one was uh, in heat and was just sort of running around a neighborhood, um, and one got a New York Times hit. So everybody was talking it. about them, and they changed our lives. <laughs> yeah, I uh, okay, sure. I bet if we applied that similar criteria to previous years, we'd probably find articles about peacocks in uh, in most other. Oh, years. absolutely. That's yeah. what the exercise is. <laughs> yeah. Oh. A hundred percent. I'm giving you um, a one for that. <laughs> what? I said national news and it got a New York Times thingy. Yeah. What happened in that New York Times two. article? What happened? Yeah. What, what, what was the actual news item? The news item is escaped peacock is lured back by mating call from police officer's phone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. What? That's making national news. I will die on this hill. (laughs) Okay. I would be even more impressed if, let's say, you know, like this year, instead of turkeys, Trump decided to pardon peacocks or, you know, something like that. Something everybody's talking about. It makes the late night circuit, you know. I think it could be more impressively fulfilled. But sure. Yes, you were correct. It's impossible. (laughs) <laughs> um, okay, then uh, you said there will be an earthquake over 7.0 on the West Coast. Okay, so I did look this up, and uh, the the largest earthquake of 2020 was a 7.8 moment magnitude scale earthquake off the coast of Alaska. So mm-hmm. uh, there was also a 7.0, and I did I did name 7.0 or higher. So technically correct. But again, not the sort of thing that, you know, no, nobody died as, as a result, thankfully. And I was very worried about killing mm-hmm. people with my prediction. You know, it wasn't something everyone was talking about or it was on their minds. Obviously, bigger things happened this year. But that wasn't the prediction. The prediction wasn't everybody would be talking about it. The I know. Was, there will be an earthquake. Oh, my it, it, God. It's correct. Get in the game, block. I'm giving myself we a one as well. Two for two. Okay. Well, it is, it is uh, technically two correct. Two for four. <laughs> Technically correct. Okay. <laughs> okay. Then I get. I said someone close to Ross breaks a toe. And yeah. You said nope. And I even checked with Kara Damn. because she remembers these sorts of things better than I do. If anyone near us mm. had broken a toe, she would know about it. Didn't happen. Okay. Damn. Sorry. It's okay. I then predicted that a new social media platform would rise to the level of a Twitter or Facebook. And that's a big fat nope. I tried. No. I, I still post everything on MeWe 
hoping people will join, but yep. it's not happening. I have I have the five dollar a month account at MeWe. I don't really use it, but I support it existing, <laughs> so I'm keeping that account. Same here. I've I've got them on the financial drip because I I want there to be alternatives. And yes, I know it was created by a libertarian, and I know uh, many people on the right flocked to it initially. Though I think they're all using what is it Parler now. Yeah, something like that. Anyways, um, but the ideals are good. But uh, yeah, TikTok started, you know, raised more this year, but it's still a fraction of like Twitter and Facebook. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I predicted that Dick Van Dyke would turn 95 Yay! and he did. He did. Yay, happy birthday. He just did this last month. That's super solid because, you know, we lost we lost some good people this year. Um, thankfully, Dick Van Dyke was not one of them. Okay, I predicted that this was sort of an easy prediction because we were already well into impeachment proceedings, but I predicted that the Senate would not vote to remove Trump from office. So that is correct. Yep. Uh, you're with Richard Lale on that one. And then I predicted, I think this is a pretty good one. I mm-hmm. predicted there would be a recount of the 2020 U.S. presidential election. Yeah, I, I think and that- there was. That definitely counts, especially like for Georgia, you know, three times recounted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and definitely the, the count itself and the method of counting all became super big news items. So yeah, that's solid. I predicted that there would be the first major news about a city needing to relocate due to rising water levels. Uh, nope. That didn't really come up this year. Yeah, it's interesting because it actually, it looks like the first city that has like needed to relocate as a whole city did start that process in October 2019. Yeah, was it uh, like Jakarta or something like no, in Indonesia? In Alaska. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, New Talk. New Talk. Oh, okay. But that was in 2019. Interesting. I wonder if that was in the back of yeah. my consciousness. Um, if, if anything... The uh, stay-at-home crisis has had something of a positive effect on certain aspects of the environment. I'm not saying that really would have played a significant role in in a trend that's uh, been ongoing. So, yeah, I, I get a big fat zero on that one. Uh, then I predicted that an HIV vaccine would be sent into clinical trials. This did happen. Oh, did um, it? Unfortunately, the vaccine. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, the vaccine was not effective. Okay. Uh, so. Okay. But yeah, it did. Still did met your criteria. Trial, so hey. Yeah. Yeah. And then you predicted major good news about malaria. Oh, yeah. So unfortunately, no, uh, I'm wrong on that one. And normally that would have been a safe bet because the World Health Organization has a mission plan. I just learned about this the other day, kind of reading up to see how I did on the prediction. They have a plan, you know, from 2016 to 2030 to knock down malaria deaths by like 90%. And almost all of those deaths are in. Africa, sub-Saharan Africa. Um, So that's where uh, the efforts have been. But in this time of COVID crisis, they haven't been able to mobilize the way that they were planning to, that they should have been able to. Um, And so even though the numbers won't really come in for probably about another year, they say that there's every reason to suspect that the uh, malaria deaths actually went up this year. Yeah, I did see that in May, there was some report of new clinical trials of genetically modified malaria parasites. Oh, yeah. Um, as a vaccine. But um, that doesn't necessarily, of course, mean that you've got immediate improvements in the actual outcomes. So. But uh, just on a, a larger Broader note, the the World Health Organization estimates that since 2000, intervention efforts toward malaria 
um, have saved about 7.6 million lives or prevented 7.6 million deaths since 2000. So uh, we're, we're getting there. There's just a lot more work to be done. And also, I should issue a blanket correction. At, in some episode in the past, I referred to it as a virus. That is not correct. As you mentioned, it is a parasite. Uh, so I'm going to say big fat zero on that one, unfortunately. Hopefully, we can pick up some of that progress in the coming years. Uh, then I predicted that someone close to me would adopt an amphibian or a reptile. Hmm. This didn't happen. I actually went on Twitter and was like, just in case I'm missing anybody, did anybody adopt a, a reptile? Or uh-huh. So many people really tried to help me out. People uh-huh. who were like, well, we don't know each other, but we are geographically close. <laughs> and I <laughs> I got a lizard. I was like, um, thank you, <laughs> but I'm not going to count it. We do have a listener so that's, with that's a, a pair of pet lizards who are named Ross and Carrie, but that wasn't yeah, in 2020. Yeah. So, okay. Well, it was a good prediction. Didn't come true, though. I said the number 27 was going to have a good year because I just figured any number, you know, if you kind of looked around, there would be some national news, some trend, some big thing uh, that would get people talking about it. And I've got to say this whole year, I've sort of had my ear open waiting for 27 to become a big part of like maybe the political news, someone getting a certain number of votes or a margin or something like that. And really, no. <laughs> if I had said 19. Oh, I, I found one. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how major you'll consider this because you actually said a meme or a major news Yeah, item. yeah, yeah. And there was a meme. August 27th. Hashtag August 27th. It's like a TikTok meme. Uh, she found herself at the heart of a viral trend whose cryptic message conjured all kinds of doomsday scenarios, of course. So she had to say her only goal was to make a weird video. Uh, Okay, and this was written on August 27th. So far, nothing out of the ordinary has occurred. Okay, well, considering I'm just now hearing about that and nothing came of that, I'll say, uh, I'll still say that was a failed prediction. Too bad. If I'd said the number 19. I disagree, but if it's me against you, then I agree. Okay. Um, (laughs) Okay, then, (laughs) uh, then... I said one of Scientology's major members will defect. Uh, yeah. That did not happen. Oh, too bad. Yeah. Tom Cruise did yell at a bunch of people. That became big news. <laughs> That's true. Right reason for yelling wrong way to handle it yes that's a good way to summarize Uh, and then i predicted that we would see our first cloned meat product even from a fast food joint so i thought that uh, somehow we'd kind of quickly accelerate the production of not just meat replacements but actual meat but that gets replicated outside of an animal's body essentially um, that didn't happen. So uh, zero there, but hopefully Close, coming in the future. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Singapore has uh, approved it. It just hasn't entered the market yet. Yeah. So so good so, progress on that. But um, yeah, yeah. N- not as uh, far along as uh, I would have hoped. Um, okay. And then our two predictions from Drew. Okay. Prediction number one, Mark Zuckerberg will step down as CEO of Facebook after a scandal. Oh. <laughs> yep. Nope, didn't happen. And number two, the Queen of England dies. Oh. I was just thinking about that the other day. Like, she just keeps living and living and living. Even (laughs) this year didn't get her. So, okay. Okay, so I'll count up what I think are mine, and you count up what you say are yours. Okay. So, looking at my own, it looks like I made eight predictions, and I am deeming two of them as having been correct. 
So two for eight. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. okay. I wouldn't call myself well, um, the most reliable soothsayer. I hate to brag, but using my much more lax standards, <laughs> I got four out of eight, Whoa. which is 50%. Now, I'd, um, I, I would agree overall that your suits were better. Oh, thank your you. Your suits were better said than mine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, a peacock made national news, people. Uh, <laughs> Dick Van Dyke turned 95. There was a recount of the presidential election. Yes, an HIV vaccine was sent into clinical trials. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess you could call me sort of a public policy expert, sort of a psychic, <laughs> sort of a teal swan type. No big deal. What can I say? What can I say? What can you say? Drew's at 0%. Yeah. So so if you're going to take anybody seriously, I would say start with Carrie, then me, then Drew. Sorry, Drew. Sorry, Drew. Excellent. Okay. Well, we'll have to make our predictions about 2021 and we'll have to do it soon, but we'll follow up in our next episode. We'll see if we can get some hot new predictions for this year. Oh, while I'm thinking about it, Carrie, I have notes here that at the end of our Richard Lale episode, we talked about some other predictions for you. I'm not sure if they were from him or someone else. There was something about an old flame coming back and someone interrupting your wedding. Oh, okay. So that was, what was her name? The woman who channeled Jimmy Stewart for me. Oh, the Hollywood psychic. Um, At, Yeah, the dearly departed. There was also also something about a frenemy that you would have. Hmm. I can't remember the details of that. Like somewhere in the back of my mind, I think it was that you were going to have someone who was posing as a friend, but it was actually plotting your demise or something like that. Oh, cool. Okay, well, that didn't happen. Okay. Um, and then the uh, the old flame coming back. Yeah, so so in our, probably would have been somewhere around Halloween 2019 mm. episode, uh, a medium who talked to dead famous people did a reading for me, and I asked her if she saw anything about my wedding, which was upcoming in right, October. Right. One thing she did not say is, oh, I don't see you having a wedding in October. Mm-hmm. You will be stuck in your home. But she said that uh, an old flame was going to come and interrupt my wedding, and then she actually said the first name of my last boyfriend before Drew. Whoa, that's impressive. Said that person's first name it is a very common name but yeah it was in a it was a phenomenal hit oh uh, yeah like it, it floored me in the moment yeah that's that's a hit for um, the ages that's the kind of one you hold on to and like okay i have got gotten some solid yes. hits yeah and then tell your friends like okay but explain this <laughs> right. all the other things that were right. explained but uh yeah so that did not happen so far but our Our wedding is rescheduled for July, so guess we'll see. All right. Excellent. Well, thanks for looking back with me at 2020. You know what? Hindsight is 2020, Ross. Oh, I'm glad 2020 is hindsight. (laughs) Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. You can support all our investigations and all our prognostications at MaximumFun.org forward slash join. Please do. And thank you to everybody who supports us. If you are able to, that is a great way to support us. You can also support us by leaving us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Overcast or however you listen to our show. Skywriting. Also by telling a friend. Yeah. 
tell your friends. You can also follow us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Ono Podcast. And on Facebook, ugh, we're at facebook.com forward slash onrack, O-N-R-A-C. I just started that uh, Cambridge Analytica book. Oh, man. Oh, Mindfuck? Uh, mindfuck, yeah. Ugh. Everyone should read Mindfuck. Everyone should read Mindfuck. <laughs> this will be our new factfulness. Mm-hmm. It's just not as um, <laughs> not as cheerful. It's good, though. And remember... The awareness and decision to integrate within the universe is like a massive tsunami. That tsunami is headed towards all fragments within source consciousness. Basically, source is pointing the tsunami towards all parts of itself. You must get on board with and ride the tsunami. If in response to your fear you try to oppose that tsunami of change by getting controlling, rigid, sticking to what you know, being set in your ways, and holding to what was and is familiar, you will get hit by it. And in case you don't already know, a tsunami is traveling at the speed of a jet aircraft. You will not outrun it, and you will not be able to fight against it. Hey, I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. Together we're The Flophouse. A podcast where we watch a bad movie and then talk about it. Movies like Space Hobos, Into the Outer Reaches of the Unknown and the Things That We Don't Know, the movie, and also, Who's That Grandma? Zazzle Zippers, Breakdown 2, and Backhanded Compliment. Elvis is a Policeman. Baby Crocodile and the Happy Twins. Leftover Potatoes? Station Wagon 3. Herbie Goes to Hell. New episodes available every other Saturday. Available at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye! Bye. Hi, it's me, Dave Hill, from before. Here to tell you about my brand new show on Maximum Fun, the Dave Hill Good Time Hour, which combines my old Maximum Fun show, Dave Hill's podcasting incident, with my old radio show, The Goddamn Dave Hill Show, into one new futuristic program from the future. If you like delightful conversation with incredible guests, technical difficulties, and actual phone calls from real-life listeners, you've just hit a street called easy. I'm also joined by my incredible co-host, the boy criminal Chris Gersbeck. Say hi, Chris. Hey, Dave. It's really great That's to... That's enough, Chris. And New Jersey chicken rancher, Des. Say hi, Des. Hey, Dave. The Dave Hill Good Time Hour. Brand new episodes every Friday on Maximum Fun. Plus, the show's not even an hour. It's 90 minutes. Take that, stupid rules. We nailed it. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.